This can be played at high volume. Live and local, this is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And welcome, everyone. Hour two of two is officially underway. Appreciate you listening in. However you're doing so, be it through the FM dial, 103.7 Lafayette or 1041 Lake Charles. Or for, through our free mobile app, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. Plenty of ways to listen in to this fantastic show. If you missed anything, we'll have it up a little bit after we kind of sign off here in an hour from now. And then we've got LSU baseball pregame at 530, first pitch at 6, when they take on the host of the Hattiesburg Regional Southern Miss. Almost called them South Alabama for some reason. Anyways. Appreciate you listening in. And I talk about the fact that we're your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Well, if you want to see the Astros live and in living color, then listen to what I'm telling you. We want to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. You want to see the Astros June 18th when they take on the Chicago White Sox? Make sure you get in in the action on the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets. A tour of Minute Maid Park, which is, by the way, one of the best things you can do at Minute Maid, besides watch an actual game. And then you've got hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. So this isn't just a, you know, salesman special. You go to the game, then you leave. No, no, no. We got you covered for that Saturday night's action after the game. Go there, chill out, and enjoy yourself. And then you can make your way back home safely that Sunday. And trust me, you want to see the Astros in action right now because they are pretty doggone good, and they're hitting extremely well. I think you have Jordan Alvarez starting to catch fire. Then again, you have a six-year, $115 million extension. It's worth your money to go ahead and sign that guy up, and it's great to see a six-year deal for him. And it's crazy. Guy's 24 years old, and people were complaining about not paying you know, Carlos Correa his money. I think they realize Jordan Alvarez is a guy of the future. Why not throw down some money? And it's not bad money either. It's like 115 million over six years. It's not like the it's not like the Fernando Tatis Jr. deal, which just has not panned out well at all compared to what we expected from him. I'll say that much. Won't necessarily dog on the Padres, but that deal not necessarily working out for either party in my mindset. But we'll we'll table some of the MLB talk. We got Nico Yanko coming on in about ten minutes. We're going to talk some Cajuns athletics because a big announcement came out yesterday about them, or it was Thursday, I should say. Thursday came out the fact that you had them partner up with Brander Group, going to help out with NIL. We'll talk about that and so much more with him. Hunter Bauer joined the program at ten thirty, talking some prep sports. So trust me, we got it loaded. This will be about the only chance you have to get in on the conversation. So if you want to talk some. Cajuns baseball, LSU baseball, or whatever, 337-706-0111 is the place to be. 
But let's kind of open up this hour. First off, SEC spring meetings, they're finally over. feels like those go on for like months at a time. But one of the big takeaways that I saw earlier is that, and this is something I didn't see right away, give credit to Ross Dellinger for this, but according to Greg Sankey, we're getting the SEC baseball tournament back in Hoover for two more years. So get ready for some rainy days out in the Hoover Met in late May. Can't wait for that. Love to see it. Love to see it. Then again, I'm sure we could get something going once Texas, Oklahoma, all those teams kind of jump over. Maybe that could open up a door to where maybe, just maybe, you take over a place that has a dome. That's the big thing I want. Because I'm tired of this whole rain and, and that mess from last week. I'm still probably going to have PTSD from that for a good while. Absolutely a mess what happened last weekend. But the biggest conversation that we're having is about the SEC spring meetings. I got two takeaways. Number one, Jimbo Fisher is absolutely loving the controversy that happened last, like a couple weeks ago with him and Nick Saban clapping back at each other about the whole NIL thing. That alone, I think, has woken up a spark of him being an absolute, like, just swagged out guy. He he knows he's got that strut going on because he knows he's inside Nick Saban's head. And it takes a lot to do that. But what he did in that statement, in that press conference, when he just talked for 10 minutes pulling off his best Jim Crockett promotions style promo, that was enough for him to kind of wake up. Now, the other question is, how are they going to put together the SEC's schedule format in the future? Because again, you aren't going to have just 14 teams in the league anymore. You're adding two more. You're adding two really good teams in Texas and Oklahoma, and you're trying to piece together how that program, how that's all going to fit together. Because now you got 16 teams. It's a log jam conference. And you also want to be able to kind of retain some rivalries and help establish some of these, especially in the SEC round. Because obviously Texas is still going to play Oklahoma, Texas, Hopefully they should go back to playing Texas A and M. If we don't, if we don't get Texas A and M, Texas every year in the SEC, this whole thing has been a disaster and a wash. If I'm being honest, because there's money in good old fashioned hatred and rivalry week needs Texas Texas A and M a lot more than having LSU A and M the last game of the year. What that last game is for LSU now, I don't know. Maybe Ole Miss. Again, we talked about it last week. Some of the like hypothetical pairings I've seen across the internet, I'm not a fan of. Like LSU having Ole Miss, Mississippi State, eh. And then I think they have, like, they don't even have Alabama on their list. I think it'd be, like, Florida. But, again, Florida I can get. Florida I can completely get behind because I think that rivalry has been established for a long time. Ole Miss, obviously, it's an old-school rivalry between those two. A lot more, I think it was Arkansas, might have been the other one. But you had those two teams face off every year. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Mississippi State, eh, I, I feel like you're giving them an easy out, having those three games. It's a little easier. But again, just kind of the logistics of piecing it all together, I don't know. But it seems like they're just deadlocked in this. But they've got time. That's the thing. They've got time to put this all together. Because once you see these new teams get in place, and obviously 
the TV revenue is going to be a big beast because obviously now by 2025, you'll be getting the SEC almost exclusively through the Disney and four letter network family of networks. They have like the, the big four letter network, the deuce SEC network, the U, all that stuff. You've got to piece all that all together. If you're the SEC and in a conference, it just means more having more than 14 teams it creates a problem, and they want to have potentially a three-six-six schedule, and having LSU and all these other programs play the same three teams every year. It's a locked-in every single year, a lot like how it is now with LSU, for instance, where they're locked into a cross-divisional opponent every year until the end of time, and that's Florida, and that's great. I think the Florida LSU rivalry has really been established as a fun. Interconference rival, interdivisional rivalry. It's fun. Now, when it comes to all the other ones that they mentioned in that report, I'm not necessarily a big fan. Like, again, Ole Miss is one I'm okay with. Mississippi State's kind of. Eh. I'd love to see Florida and I'd love to see Alabama. Those are those are the other two that I'd want. But Ole Miss, I can live with or live without. Because obviously, you're gonna be playing Auburn every other year, and that'd be fine. But it just overall, they're not hitting as well. Like comparatively speaking. But again, I'm sure that's just the fact that some people want to have more marquee matchups. And obviously, you'll have to fit in these interstate rivalries like Texas, Texas A&M, Auburn, Alabama. The Iron Bowl is going to happen every damn year until the end of time. You're going to have to piece together the Georgia-Florida games. Those are going to be entertaining as all get out. But you just wonder how it's all going to work together, especially because you don't know how the college football playoff is going to look come 2025. That's three years from now. And there's a very good chance, very good chance that in the next month, next 12 months, that we finally get the resolution of an 18 playoff. Because I think, I, I really hope that's where it goes. Because the playoff, I think, if you go more than eight, it becomes a bit of a problem from my point of view. Because then you have teams that are probably just there and are going to get just demolished most years. A lot like when you see a 1 versus a 16 in the NCAA basketball tournament. More often than not, you will see that team get their face crushed in. Now, last year, Gonzaga tried to blow that game, but they were able to win that game. They were able to handle that easily as a 1 versus a 16 seed. You will never see that kind of stuff happen all that often. In the NCAA tournament, and the college football playoff, I think eight is great. Because number one, you get full representation, in my mind, of all Power Five conferences. Your conference champs are going to be in there automatically. Now, how do you piece together with the automatic bids? That's a question that I'm not necessarily sure I can answer right now. But I'd say definitely you'd have at least one SEC at-large bid. It pains me to say that, but I think they would fit that in that conversation then depending what year it is depending how good the conferences are especially once we see the official changes take place then we see the conversation shift towards the like big 12 big 10 one of those conferences is going to get an at-large bid it's going to be either the big 12 the big 10 or even the acc if you see more than just clemson step up to the plate mind you clemson wasn't good last year either 
the the big t- the ACC just did not feel right last year without Clemson. And but then again, when you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence leave, Travis Etienne leave, obviously it's going to be a bit of a rebuilding season. And now also you have Dabo, who has proven himself to still be prone to some good old fashioned Clemsoning. But I'll be intrigued to see how it all comes together for the SEC. And even, like, there was rumors. There was some stuff being talked about. And I feel like that's just conjecture and it's dumb to even think that idea is a, is a good one. Is the idea of an all-SEC playoff. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I don't need that. Why would you even think that's a good idea? Like, nobody else is doing that. If it were more of a, let's say, quote-unquote, like college football wide where you have a playoff for your conferences and then you go play the championship, then hell yeah, go for it. But it just sounds like you're padding whenever it's clear that the SEC will always get at least one in and every now and again, more often than not, they'll get two in because the Pac-12 falls apart, the ACC has a down year or some other team that doesn't necessarily belong in it. Like, the Big Ten last year, you had Michigan. Michigan absolutely deserved to be in it. They were a damn good team last year. And Jim Harbaugh, we talked about it months ago, he deserves every bit of plotins he's been getting. Now what happens this year is anybody's guess. Because I'm sure Ryan Day has been like plotting all year and marking down that big game and saying, hey, Ohio State, we got to get back and get better. Because you can't have Michigan start taking over this rivalry. Make it a lot like LSU-Alabama, where LSU won that game in 2020, but Alabama came back, 2019, excuse me, Alabama came back roaring the next couple of years and stomped the mud hole and walked it dry. The only other thing that really happened of note, and this is something I'm just not a fan of, is the way they're doing the men's basketball tournament for the SEC and the women's as well, and soccer. I'm sure they're going to do something with soft, softball as well. Baseball, please don't do this, is having it be all teams get in. All 16 teams in the SEC will get in. Not a fan of that, not one bit, because it just it's going to make it such a pain in the neck to figure out how brackets are going to go. I'd much rather have just the top 12 teams go at it. You don't need the Vanderbilts of the world, these little bitty teams, getting it in. That's just my POV. We'll go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're going to have on Nico Yanko joining the program next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and a 104 one leg Charles. We are your home for the Astros and LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. So keep it locked right here. Back after this. After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. Woo! Yeah, baby. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more under the dome with CD right now on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. And let me tell you something. We got some great things going on across the Acadian area over the next month or so. One of those is this coming Thursday with the Brooks and Dunn Reboot Tour coming to the Cajun Dome this Thursday. 
and we've got your hookup for free tickets. So if you want some tickets, all you have to do is text Reboot. If you're driving, just hand it over to your passenger. If you don't have a passenger, just keep this in mind. And once you reach your destination, text this, Reboot to 68683. Reboot, R-E-B-O-O-T to 68683. That's right. You can score a pair of passes to see Brooks and Dunn this Thursday night at the Cajun Dome. You know, ticket prices are through the roof, especially right about now. If you go on like StubHub or anything like that, those prices are astronomical. So why not enter in to win some free tickets to see Brooks and Dunn live this Thursday at the Cajun Dome? Just text Reboot to 68683. And you can win those tickets courtesy of the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. One other great thing that's going on this month in the Acadian area is without a doubt downtown rising. And one of the sponsors for that is the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And one guy that I like to talk to about the Cajuns is without a doubt the Deputy Athletics Director for the Cajuns, and that is Nico Yanko. And a lot of things have been going on with the Cajuns. So we're going to talk about that right now with our guy. Nico, how's it going, man? Clint, great to be on with you this morning. How are things back in Lafayette? It is fantastic in Lafayette, Louisiana. It's a big day, downtown rise. We'll talk about that in a few. But it's been a big last couple days for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, starting off with the announcement that the athletics program has partnered with the Brander Group to launch some group licensing and help with NIL for student-athletes. How big is this for these guys to have this opportunity. It's not just, oh, hey, we're going to go ahead and just throw you out there and hopefully you land some spots, but seeing this group licensing for your student-athletes, it's a step in the right direction, right? No doubt, and um, I'm, I'm so excited about you know not just the momentum we've been building the past few days, but continuing to build over the past few years, and, and especially this year has been incredibly you know uh, fruitful for the Cajuns, and, and I'm really excited about that, and that starts with great leadership with Dr. Maggard and, and obviously Dr. Savoie, and uh, they put us in a great position to continue to focus on new partnerships like the Brander Group to allow our student-athletes to, to have more resources at their disposal. And uh, particularly in this new era with name, image, and likeness, you know, we certainly want to make sure that we're positioned and allow our coaches and student-athletes to, to go out and realize these opportunities. But how can we find win-win-win scenarios uh, to where the, the, the student-athlete obviously is a win, uh, the community gets a win, and obviously the institution, and, and that's what the Brander program represents. And for us, you know, this is one of those you know national partnerships. We're one of the first 50 schools to hop on board with them from a group licensing perspective, and uh, this is going to create a lot of unique opportunities um, here over the next few months. Uh, you'll begin to see this roll out, and what 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 this could present down the line is potential jerseys, uh, you know, T-shirt jerseys type of things, uh, the opportunity to get to the in the conversation for potential jerseys, uh, and other group licensing off- offerings that come down the path here. And that what, that's why it was so important for us to identify a partner like the Brander Group uh, to come into our NIL arsenal, if you will, to continue to gr- build great programming uh, around our Go Lead program, our Ultra program, um, obviously, all the great things we're doing to help educate our student athletes and position them for success, and realize um, hopefully some some benefits from the, uh, the NIL opportunities that exist. And you know, the great thing about this is our community is so supportive, Clint, and we're so lucky every day to represent Acadiana, the state of Louisiana. And I know our student athletes do that with great pride. Um, and I know this is a great opportunity for them to find new ways to partner with with community members. 
Nico, you were talking about the jerseys. The fact you said jerseys, like that, that makes me like you even more because that's how I've always said it. And a mutual friend of ours absolutely, absolutely hates that word. He always just says teacher jersey. So mad respect for you for bringing up the word jersey on this program. <laughs> You know what I'm saying when I say it. That's the best part, man. Exactly. But I'll be honest. We're so excited about this. Um, you know, I'm actually right now, we're in College Station, so I apologize if you hear a train in the background. We're actually over at their sports complex getting ready, um, watching some things go around here on their com- uh, complex today, and then we'll be heading back because I can't wait to join you guys tonight for Downtown Rising and uh, support another great community partner of ours. Exactly, and you can still get tickets. Uh, you can still order them online right now until 1 o'clock. The, the digital box office closes at 1. But if you don't get in on the action then and there, you can still show up at the door, at the gate, if you will. It's not a door, it's an actual gate. You show up there, we've got limited tickets available, so make sure you get them online. But if you can't get them online, get your tickets at the gate. They are limited, though, so make sure you are aware of that. You don't want to miss out on seeing Downtown Rising tonight and Cold War Kids. Perfect point bringing it up. But since you're in College Station, might as well get to the conversation about the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns baseball program. How great has it been the last week or so where you see this team get to the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and win the whole darn thing, and then last night you rally and you beat a really good TCU team, and now you're getting ready to play Texas A&M in a huge contest. Huge con- contest, and you know we're so proud of our student athletes going out there competing last night. I mean, it was such an, an electric environment. And shout out to Cajun Nation. I'm telling you what, Clint, Cajun Nation just showed up. They are here in full force. We absolutely had more fans in the stands last night than TCU. Uh, I know tonight we're going to go up against, uh, you know, obviously a really competitive team here with Texas A&M. But again, uh, Cajun Nation showed out. We're tailgating here. It's it's been awesome just to see the amount of folks that came out to support this group. And what's awesome about this is is not only are they getting a chance to compete in the stage here, but let's talk about the success that this this athletic program has faced, you know, seen this year, right? There is not another school in the country, Clint, that has won their football championship, a bowl game, softball championship, and baseball championship. The the ability to position our sport programs to compete for win championships is certainly a reality right now. And we got to continue to find ways to accelerate and continue on this momentum. So we're really excited uh, for baseball to have another opportunity to go and compete tonight. Uh, that game's at 6 o'clock. Uh, if you win, uh, you know, obviously there's some more games tomorrow and potentially go out through Monday if you continue to win here. So we're really excited about what's going on. And hats off to Coach Dag, this, this program, and certainly Cajun Nation for showing up in full force out here in College Station. That's great to hear. And, you know, one of the big things that I was seeing heading into the tournament, potentially projections had the Cajuns going to Hattiesburg to be with the LSU Tigers. But I think College Station was a better fit because I've noticed Houston, the Houston area, which is an hour away from College Station, it has a good concentration of Cajun alumni. And I had the fact that you've got people from Lafayette, Louisiana, making the trek over. It's only five. It's only a five-hour drive. So I'm certain you have all those fan bases come together it works out really well. And you said the fact that the Cajun Nation outnumbered the Horn Frog crowd, that's a great thing to hear, too. No, it's incredible. And, uh, and, and to no surprise, Cajun Nation came out and supported. But, you know, it's still one of those things that we got to make sure that we acknowledge them and, and let them know how much we appreciate everything they do for us. So we're really excited about this. 
Um, obviously, quick, easy drive over from Lafayette. Um, a lot of folks are from the Houston area are up here, I know. So we're excited to see everybody come out again tomorrow, uh, tonight. And, uh, and you know, un- unfortunately, I won't be here, but I will be back there with you all uh, with our great partners and-, and putting on Downtown Rising. So we can't wait to see everybody this evening checking out the Cold War Kids, which personally uh, is really one of my favorite bands. So when-, when we had the opportunity to identify this group a few years ago, actually, uh, this was a really fun one for us to get involved with. So we can't wait to see everybody else who's not in Lafayette or uh, in College Station cheering us on locally there in Lafayette and then coming out hopefully tonight checking out the Cold War kids. Oh, I'll definitely be in between songs checking the box scores, checking checking stat broadcasts, seeing what's going on with the with the Cajuns, brother. I'll see you tonight. You and you be safe on the way back from College Station. You take care. Appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Always, Clint. Go Cajuns. Go Cajuns indeed. Nico Yanko, appreciate him joining the program. As Just always general great guy. Every time I see him, always, hey, what's up? What's going on? If we talk for a few minutes, always good. In fact, I talked to him during Festival Weekend. I saw him that Saturday. Me and him got to talk, and he reminded me. He deals with the stuff with Downtown Rising, and then you have the stuff with the NIL. It was a perfect opportunity to bring on Nico Yanko. Maybe we'll bring them on a little bit more closer to football season. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Next up, we're going to jump over to football, but more on the prep side because the LHSA had their spring meetings, and there's a good bit to take away from it. So we'll talk about that and more with Hunter Bauer of Go Prep Sports next right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These guys are laughing. Now back to the show that gets the lead out Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana and also the Houston Astros. And we're turning 10 years old this month. And we're celebrating it. It's a celebration. It's our 10th birthday bash at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey on Wednesday, June 22nd. There will be delicious wings, amazing door prizes, and appearances from all your favorite personalities. And also Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live for the party. You got RP3, Footnotes, host Kevin Foote is going to be out there at B-Dubs. Even though he's still trying to understand what the phrase B-Dubs means, I think he's learning. We'll give him credit for that. We got B-Dubs, Wednesday, June 22nd. From 5 to 9 for the birthday bash, the game's 10th anniversary. And I can't wait for it, to be honest with you. And what's really cool is it's a great day on June 22nd. Quick little little setup here, and then we'll bring on Hunter Bauer, is the fact that you've got crunch time with Miguez and Mesh will be after Astros baseball. So you've got baseball, crunch time, and you get to enjoy everything going on at B-Dubs from 5 to 9 p.m. Just cannot wait for that. And now we kind of flip the conversation over to the LH 
USAA because they had their spring meeting. Top of the SEC at the top of the hour feels apropos to bring up the LHSA's spring meetings because there was a lot of stories to take away from it. And to kind of break it down and get a better idea of what all the stuff was going on, including the select school definition, because I'm interested in that more than anything, is Hunter Bauer. He is the owner, the founder of GoPreps.com. Hunter, how you doing, man? Hey, Clint, doing well. Thank you for having me on this morning. Appreciate you joining the program. We'll start off with what I was just talking about, the definition on what select school is and give us a quick like layman's term of what that is, because again, like just the phrasing of that was was just a little bit confusing to yours truly, mind you. There was a lot of words in there that were said. And I was like, I just don't necessarily completely understand. I'm sure a lot of people may not understand the complete brevity of that change and making the def- the decisions on the definition of what a select school is now versus what it was. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, just to give a, a brief history, back in 2013 when uh, the initial split occurred for the uh, sport of football, uh, the, the definition that, you know, basically was uh, uh, thought up from members of the association is that a select school uh, would be defined as any public or private school uh, that drew 25% of its attendance from outside of their uh, uh, school zone. And uh, that's that's the initial uh, definition that was that was thought up. Um, that's where we got, you know, basically the schools that we have now. That's that's how they. That's how that came to be. Um, so initially, you had to have uh, more than twenty five percent of your school attendance had to be from outside of your uh, uh, designated zone to be considered a select and or private school. Um, what was voted on Thursday was a, a, you know, redefining what a select school is and, and the option, two that the executive committee uh, voted on, on a, by a 16 to 5 vote. Uh, now any member that is deemed to be a lab school, a magnet school, school with magnet components, a charter school, parishes that allow open enrollment uh, at all its public schools, as well as any, you know, traditional tuition-based private school, uh, that's the new definition that the select category falls under now. Um, and really, Clint, what this does is, see, when this was brought up in 2013 and voted on, charter schools, magnet components, and all that, they were really just taken off and really didn't include a lot of the uh, quote-unquote non-selects that are in there now. Um, so really, this is this. What this vote that occurred Thursday, it's basically just catching up with how a by what the association membership thinks a select school shall be. This is just updating the definition um, and including those schools that by what they voted on in 2013 should be defined as a select school. And one of the big reasons why I was interested in that, because I've been hearing things just trying to understand it all is how certain schools, like, for instance, here in the Acadian area, we've got different schools that are like academies. For instance, Karen Crow is the Academy of Information Technology, and how much that plays into it. Are, would those schools be considered to fit that definition, or or would it not be? I'm, I'm just curious. 
Yeah, so honestly, you know, I'm kind of hesitant to, you know, maybe confirm or not confirm which schools are going to be select or non-select right now, only because uh, they are given some of these open enrollment parishes until June 22nd to opt out of being an open enrollment so that they don't have to be a select school. But, you know, under the definition, if your school has a magnet component, or if they are an open enrollment parish, then by definition, some of those Lafayette parish schools could fall under the new select uh, category, which would include schools like Acadiana, uh, I, I guess schools like Karen Crow, uh, Northside Como, uh, some of those public schools. But again, you know, that's, I'm not confirming that. I'm just saying that's where they could fall under, under this new definition. But again, some of these parishes that offer open enrollment uh, they have until the end of the month to basically opt out of offering open enrollment, which I don't see that happening uh, too much. I don't see a lot of these parents. Look, it all goes beyond football and sports, and sometimes you know having an open enrollment parish uh, helps some of these school districts and school systems, uh, you know, more than a, in a sports atmosphere. So, but yes, I mean to your point. There are some schools within, you know, the Lafayette area uh, that, you know, traditionally have been non-select that could be competing on the select side for the playoffs, um, you know, starting in the fall with football and moving into basketball, baseball, and softball. Talk right now with Hunter Bauer of GoPreps.com. And one of the other big takeaways from the, the these meetings had to have been the decision to combine the championship events again. Because for a couple of years there, you started to see – programs kind of piece these things together for instance i know a few years ago st thomas more wound up having the state championship at their home stadium you had last year a lot of the championship games that involved acadian area teams were played here at the cajun at cajun field they were split apart and things weren't necessarily all that great things they feel like tensions were growing and now you have these state championship events they're back together they're all going to be back at the superdome which is great for the student athletes to be able to play, for instance, the state championship game for football at the Superdome rather than go play it at Cajun Field. No knock to it, but the goal of all these guys is to play at the Superdome, from all I've heard. And seeing these two combine, is it a step in the right direction towards getting this thing back together again, or is that starting to become more and more a pipe dream every year? Well, you know, honestly, Clint, with the split, it really was becoming a staffing issue, and this was and this was something that was discussed earlier in the meeting before these votes took place. You know, the uh, the assistants uh, under Mr. Bonon were given their staff reports, and they were talking about uh, you know the the assistant that's over the officials about how strained these officials are. You know, used to he brought up, for example, for the basketball playoffs, he he talked about. Uh, how, you know, during the playoffs, there may be, you know, two or three days per week uh, that, you know, playoff games were played on. Well, under this new system, they're played every day of the week because you've got so many playoff games due to the select and non-select split um, that it was putting a strain on the officials. And then going into the championship event, some which were on the same weekend, like, you know, football or, uh, I'm sorry, baseball, uh, softball, and basketball, it was really putting a strain on these staff because, you know, it got to the point where the select schools were in charge of putting on the event, 
But the LHSA, it still fell under their umbrella as far as providing officials, providing uh, championship hardware, things like that. Um, you know, and it, it just, I, in my opinion, it, it just got to be too much. And I think they wanted to try to, uh, you know, do something to be able to bring both sides back together um, to make it easier on everybody. Um, and there, and there were some on the on the select side, and understandably that didn't agree with that because there was money to be made. Uh, but to that point, also in my opinion, you know, sometimes I feel like the experience of a championship game, uh, especially one that is played in the Louisiana Superdome, I feel like it's greater than than money. And you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the kids, Clint. And you know, this is uh, this is about creating everlasting memories. And, and doing things that are in the best interest of the kids. And I think sometimes the, 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 the green paper with George Washington's uh, picture on it kind of gets in the way of that. Um, so, you know, was it a popular decision? Uh, no, not by any means. But I feel like it's a step in the right direction. And that's something that I told Robin, or me and Robin Fambro discussed the other day is, you know, I, I think this is, this is the first of many changes that are going to happen. Uh, the membership has a, has a chance in January to vote uh, these decisions down uh, for the next school year. So we'll see what happens come, you know, that time in January for their annual convention. Uh, but, you know, could this be a step towards reunifying the association as a whole? It could be because now you've got almost, you're almost split. You've got half select, half non-select that are, uh, that make up the, uh, the the association, and uh, now you've got non-select schools in the select category that could vote to end the split because what's the point of having one now? So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out within the next few months. I, I'm I'm excited to see how this works for for football um, and really basketball as well. So um, yeah, man, it's it's an interesting time right now in the LHSA and the in the in the world of high school sports. And, uh, you know, it's, it's never a dull, it's never a dull moment around here. <laughs> oh, no doubt. And one of the other big things that this didn't come up in the summer meetings, but it was something that was brought up a, probably about a month ago or so was the idea of NIL being included into the LHSA's kind of process. But it feels like that's more of an educational perspective where it's teaching the players to understand NIL and understand how to handle this kind of stuff rather than throwing them out there blind and kind of hoping that things do work out for them when they do get to that next level and play college football. I think this is a great tool for them rather than kind of just be led on a free on a ride and then they're left not necessarily in the best of conditions in terms of fisc in terms of being able to have money basically. Yeah, no, and and no, you're totally right. And I think that was another misconception that everybody got uh, really upset about is, you know, they're saying, oh, well, the LHSA is approving for, you know, these schools to go out and recruit these kids under the NIL deal. And that, that really wasn't the case. That's always been a thing uh, ever since that, you know, the, the federal courts uh, approved things like this. What the LHSAA was doing was they were being proactive in saying, hey, look, we can't stop you from going and getting an NIL deal. Well, what we can do is we can help educate you as to, you know, what could or could not happen if you entered an agreement 
with some of these people. What a lot of these kids don't realize is, you know, they enter an agreement with Bob Chevrolet down the road, and in that agreement, it may have something in there that says, oh, by the way, you have to keep us, uh, you have to keep our agreement even if you go to college and things like that. And they could, t- it could possibly tell you which college you have to go to. Yeah. It's just, it was, it was getting to be out of hand, and the LHSAA uh, was doing, is doing its best to try to educate these kids and say, hey, look, we, we understand, we can't stop you from doing this, but what we're going to try to do is have your best interest on our mind um, and get you some help and get you some advice and bring in this, this company uh, to help educate you on, you know, just being safe and, and not entering into any agreements that might hinder you uh, from any sort of athletic experience beyond the high school level. Um, so, you know, I think it was a good thing that it happened. And, and honestly, Clint, you know, there's only a few athletes, I believe, in the state that it really could affect on a major level. Uh, you know, not everybody's going to go out and get a, a, a $10,000 a month NIL deal uh, for going and playing high school volleyball. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, again, it was just blown out of source. It really wasn't that big of a deal other than, hey, look, we're going to educate you if you decide to enter an agreement. Um, but, again, anything can be blown out of source if, if anybody wants it to be. It just happens that way. So, Hunter? I appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Great conversation. Yes, sir, Clint. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good weekend. All right, Hunter Bauer. Hopefully that kind of like educated y'all on a lot of stuff. Because honestly, I learned a lot here just in that segment. Because again, you see all the stuff. You see the proposals, all these points and whatnot. You see like four million words and you're like, okay, what does it all mean? He broke it down like a fraction. So appreciate Hunter Bauer for kind of breaking it down for us. Maybe we'll get them on closer to the start of the season, kind of break down what's going on across the state of Louisiana. Once we get a more firm definition of all this select, non-select stuff. So we'll go ahead and take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Got one final take for you on this Saturday before I get out of here and enjoy the rest of my weekend. So we'll do that when we come back right here on the game. 103.7 Live, yet in 104.1 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Before we close up shop here on Under the Dome, CD has just one more take to fire off before he drops the mic. Is it going to be a take that lands on the Scoville scale? Or is it going to be as cold as the pizza in your fridge? Let's listen in and find out. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. One final take before we get on out of here and enjoy a fantastic weekend filled with some great music from Cold War Kids, Clay Cormier, The Debtors, and so many more. Can't wait for it to all to go down. Also, more importantly, enjoy some fantastic food that's going to be over there. I'm As a person who's been trying to like lose weight, I'm down about, let's see, I weighed in at 250 yesterday, so I'm down about 23 pounds. I'm looking forward to picking out a little bit, but trust me, the receipt's coming tomorrow with an hour walk, with an hour on the treadmill. That's that's my that's my receipt, and then I start working my butt off again on Monday. So my last take for this show today is about Madden. Yes, a video game that I have a very much love hate relationship with. I love the fact that they 
have a video game dedicated entirely to football, and it's a great simulation of the game. That said, the last few years have not been a great game in general. I've just noticed the game gets a little bit too easy when I've played it the brief times I have. And the only reason why I did, because I wound up playing a like Game Pass version of it, essentially. Didn't have to pay a dime. So when I watch this, like they'll talk about the cover reveal, and they announced it to be John Madden, I stood and applauded. Because that's what you needed to do this whole time. John Madden passed away. You should have immediately come out the gates with this. And be like, all right, next year's Madden cover is going to be John Madden. All three versions are John Madden. Even like the all Madden edition looks like the OG cover from back in the Genesis and Super Nintendo days. The fact they did this shows that for once, EA, a pretty crappy company in general, manages to do something right. We talk about it all, we talk about it all the time. Whoops. We talk about it all the time here. That was a a little too loud there, but we talk about it all the time on the station, on the show, actually. The blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. The broken clock is right twice a day, and EA, good on you for paying tribute to the legend, John Madden. That's about all I got for the show. Take it easy. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Be safe, and I'll talk to you next Saturday. Same bad time, same bad channel, hopefully. We got some super regionals to talk about. See you.